0: What's up nerds? Welcome back to Region Free. We're going to waste no time on the intro this week because we have got a hot, hot movie to discuss on this week's episode. If ever there were a singular movie I could point to as to the reason that this podcast exists, it would be the film that we're talking about today. Of course, Debbie does Dallas. What's that? It's a porno. Oh, come on, man. (laughs) You this is a premiere porno. episode and you're talking about famous pornos. We're not talking about a famous porno. We okay. are talking about something, maybe uh, an incremental step up from that. It's Julia de Cournau's 2016 debut masterpiece, if you ask the two people on this podcast, Raw, known oh, in the French as Grave.
1: My God, AJ, we what a picture. did it. We did it. Can we can we set can we set expectations right here? It's a five star film. Five about well, four and a half on my letterbox, but it's a five star film. Yeah, well that's because
0: your finger slipped. You meant to give it a five star. It's a five star film. That's right. Five star
1: film. Straight the fuck up.
0: Uh I mean, where we should begin, as I already mentioned earlier, perhaps the the reason above all else that this podcast exists, uh is due oh, to yeah. this film. I watched it. Because this. Mr. Blake Hester. You're a proud owner of the Second Sight Films uh, Blu-ray box set of this beautiful film, wonderful packaging. And the fine people at Second Sight Films, didn't they uh, accidentally ship you not one but two copies of this?
1: They sent me two copies and they emailed me and they're like, hey, we accidentally sent you two. The other one's going to show up in a couple days. Can you mail that back? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And I think I was like, it'll take a while. I'm in the United States. I'm not going to pay for the fancy shipping. And they emailed back and they're like, oh, you're in the U.S.? Don't worry about it. So I
0: just had two copies then. And you said, let me bring it to New York City with me and entrust it to my good friend. I know it's a film that he loves. That's right. Uh, He does not have a region-free Blu-ray player. This is a region B Blu-ray. B standing for a beautiful. That's right. So uh many months later after i no longer lived in beautiful brooklyn new york i purchased a region free blu-ray player so i could pop this little disc in and watch some freaky deaky bloody shit on my television screen in a film that i love and i know you love too
1: that's true yeah last night watching it uh was I think only the second time I've used my region free player this year. I think the only there other time was when I watched Stray Cat Rock. Uh I think that's what that movie's called with Mako Kaji. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that film, but maybe we should. Uh maybe we should. yeah, uh this is this is an all timer, man. Let me tell you, i I remember so vividly this movie coming out. It was only put on my radar because like you know, I I, 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 I as a... Mm, I don't feel like a member of the extreme underground community, but like definitely a casual observer, frequent toe dipper in. I Mm -hmm. do always kind of have an eye out towards like, hey, what's the mainstream thinking in terms of like, you know, movies that went too far. And every couple of years we have a movie that comes out, catches a lot of press because it's like, oh, when this was at Cannes, there were people were fainting and vomiting and Raw was one of those movies. That's how I they... think
0: on the on the record two people fainted during yeah. the can premiere of this.
1: Yeah. So like against my better judgment usually that means like oh got to see this movie and they they never deliver and I think that's a fault of my own more that just like I am what it takes me
0: to squirm is so beyond the pale for most people that Let's let's begin here because okay. in in the booklet uh there's an interview with the director mm-hmm. and they talk about. Uh, the interviewer asks, has, "Has a film ever made you faint?" And her answer, uh, as I think with most people, the answer is no. What would it take for a film to make you faint? Like, well, is that, can you put that on the movie? Really? Are you? Oh, are you asking me specifically? I'm asking you.
1: Like, well, so like there are hard limits of things I just like won't watch. So it's like maybe that, like. A lot of, like, unsimulated, like, sex, and I mean, like, kink or hardcore fetish type stuff that pops up in some movies that don't go to cans. Um, Like, that stuff is usually a, I don't want to see that. Like, that might push me, because I'm just a little vanilla baby boy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like... I guess when it co- pertains to raw, where it's like gore, maybe the hair scene and some of the animal
0: stuff. Well, I'm we'll sure. get into all of this. Yeah,
1: like that stuff just isn't going to bother me. So I don't know. Like, I mean, there's definitely been some movies I've had to watch. Some moments, like between sl- sl- slit eyes, like uh, when I watched Tumbling Doll of Flesh last year, there were a few moments in that movie that really up made my stomach upset. But nothing where I've, like, been flush, faint. Yeah. But, nevertheless, that's how I first heard about Raw and was very excited to see it and then finally did see it, of course.
0: Yeah, I saw this. So, did you see it in a theater or did you watch this one at home?
1: I, I was living in Kentucky at the time and it was it's maybe it's a little different now. I don't know. I don't live there anymore, but like it was very rare. We would get movies like that. I Mm. actually, I remember specifically when parasite was first doing its major rounds, I had to go the city over to see it. And it wasn't until way later, maybe after Oscars that even that movie showed up in Louisville. So raw, there was no chance. I had to wait for that to hit streaming.
0: Yeah. Um, as as previously mentioned I was living in New York City when this came out so I I was lucky enough to catch it in a uh, a theater in a crowd I saw it at the beautiful Village East Cinema uh, that we in went? New York We did not go to that one that one's no. in like downtown Manhattan it is the first theater I went to after my covid uh i got covid vaccinated and i was like back to the to the cinema um but no i saw this movie and you know i don't think it was playing at midnight but it was at like 11 p.m i I just very distinctly can remember getting out of this movie and like the train that i take home wasn't running so i was like well that's something i'm gonna have to deal with now um but it's definitely experience to have seen this in uh a, a crowd full of people because this movie i think even if you know vaguely what you're getting into with it. Um, you don't. It really you know, <laughs> takes some twists and turns. And what I admired a lot about watching it this time is the way uh, all of the reveals are structured throughout it. Um, mm-hmm. You never are quite sure just how intense or grotesque some of the violence yeah. or conflicts are going to get until they really just kind of are made apparent and there are a lot of moments watching this movie where you have to take a step back, readjust your expectations and be like, Oh, uh, we're dealing with this kind of movie now, huh?
1: Yeah. I mean, Julia, Julia D as I call her good friend of the show, a good personal friend of me. Um, she's, she's down, dude. Like she's a real one. Like she's a old head in this world. And like, I think she is one of the bravest filmmakers around right now for like this and Teton and fuck even Junior. Her short I haven't seen Mange, which I think she co-directed. Yeah, um, I haven't seen that one. They go for it in ways that like other directors would not dare. You know, Brandon Cronenberg. He's kind of the the big name in uh, what it tra- would transgressive kind of genre pushing yeah. stuff, and his stuff is the. D- d- it pales in comparison to half an hour of any Julia D film.
0: Yeah, I think you and I both prefer this one to Titane, right? I think so, but like I also love
1: love, 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 love. Yeah. Titan, Titane, Titane, whatever. Titane. I'm not fucking
0: French. Well, the key the key difference there is that, you know, that one obviously earned much wider acclaim, reception, like played probably to a lot more people than this one had, and so Like, if you have seen or heard of, enjoyed Titane, and you haven't seen this movie, like, find this fucker. I think it's streaming on Netflix right now. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I I see it in stores a lot, too. Like, just on Blu-ray and, like, on Target or Best Buy. Like I do think it's a widely seen movie, which is interesting for it being kind of, like, this somewhat, like, extreme French film. I feel like yeah. it has a mainstream appeal. I mean, I know this isn't the greatest metric in the world, but I do think on Letterboxd it has like seventy thousand reviews or something. Oh like, wow, okay. It is not an underseen movie necessarily. Fifty-two thousand reviews on Letterboxd.
0: I think the barrier to entry is a lot lower than maybe some other experimental stuff because yeah. the like top line premise is sort of so familiar and like recognizable as Oh, it fits pretty comfortably into like the coming of age slash uh, horror genre. Like it, you know, it's like a Carrie or any other film like that. Um, It obviously goes to some pretty dark and intense places, but I think like it has a very distinct and I don't want to say like personal touch because I'm assuming that a lot of this isn't sourced directly from Julia D's life, but Kind of has that like yeah. intimate approach to she very clearly built out this world, these characters with intention, with the idea of what she wanted to explore and say with it all, which I really like about this and Titane. They're both designed from this perspective of commenting on, you know, real world, real things that affect people just dialed up to the most extreme and using these sort of supernatural sort of magical realist elements of things that you could imagine happening say uh a human fucking a car or like a a cannibal virus being passed down genetically but um it deals with like the real interpersonal consequences of those things you know what i mean
1: anecdotally i have noticed more so than any little little a transgressive, boundary-pushing film. Uh, the, just women I know in my day-to-day life. More so than most others. Binders loved. full of them. We'll just... Yeah, that's right. We'll just, like, love Raw. Like, people I don't expect, like, we will be talking about movies, and I'll be like, Oh, I, I saw Raw. Have you seen that? I'll be like, Fuck yeah, I've seen Raw. <laughs> like, they're, they're... It's weird. Like, my, my most recent... uh The girl I was dating most recently, shouts out to her. We broke up, but you know, great girl out there. She loves Raw. And like, but she did not really fuck with like movies like Raw. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like if I was like, oh, there's this whole like French wave you should watch, she'd be like, no, shut up, idiot. I don't give a shit about that. But she loved Raw. And like numerous other girls I've known or dated or been friends with have all had like (laughs) have all been into Raw to a surprising degree.
0: Yeah. It has Um... like
1: it, it just has that kind of I mean it is a coming of age film. It also probably right place right time. I think it also just like strikes a nerve pretty well with like
0: people our age, especially maybe women our age. Mm-hmm. Um If you were if you were ever a teenage girl, I imagine that there's a lot in this movie that you recognize or understand at a level that the two of us probably don't fully appreciate. No, right? I think I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I know what I know what's going on here. Uh <laughs> Couldn't be me, though. Couldn't be yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the genius of the metaphor of this right. film, right? Maybe we can start sort of getting into the the plot and the setup now. Um, it's, it's Justine, the youngest daughter in this pretty tight-knit family. Uh, two sisters, mother, father, big old dog, which is important uh, to a plot beat later on. But um, she is getting enrolled. It's her first week at this prestigious french veterinary school that is where her parents met her sister is like an upperclassman there now and so you know we are meeting her at the moment where she's like being dropped off for yep. orientation and her first week there we well, get uh, a little
1: preamble with the family to, to learn they're vegetarians but yeah and like it, it, there's a weird like lineage to the family too mm-hmm. where the parents met at this school they both yeah. were top students there, and now the sisters are both following in the that footstep. But the vegetarianism, worth keeping in mind, very important to this family. Yeah,
0: the first scene in the movie is uh Justine ordering just mashed potatoes from a kind of French, you know, Bob Evans-like yep. uh, buffet-style thing. And then there's, what, meat or gravy or something hidden in the mashed potatoes that her mom's like, spit that out, don't eat that. And then goes, I think very funnily she gets up and goes and like berates the uh, cook or whatever.
1: The way the cook throws the mashed potatoes down. Look, I've never in my life yelled at been rude or disrespectful to a service worker. But that said, if someone threw my mashed potatoes down on a plate with the fucking venom that the woman did here, that bitch's (laughs) life would be over. (laughs) Every time I see this scene in this movie, which I've rewatched this movie numerous times, I'm like, dare this woman throw this fucking mashed potatoes
0: like this woman yeah. to get,
1: eat her damn dinner
0: and I, I know they're trying to make a point and really hammer home like it's important to her identity yeah. and this family that she doesn't eat meat but like the woman asks about oh just mashed potatoes like a few too many times what do you want for meat oh just the mashed potatoes nothing oh you don't want any meat what about what about your protein yeah dude she's like, like cruising for a bruising just let a, just let a teenage girl eat some mashed potatoes in yeah, peace you know what i mean bro. she's going off to college soon i
1: love mashed potatoes
0: Mashed potatoes are, are pretty darn good. You heard it here first. Best potato. Yeah, maybe. I I like a roasted potato. Oh, fuck. Some olive oil, rosemary what thyme. Salt on a sheet pan. Roasted fingerling potatoes. What? Petite. No, no you potatoes? put them
1: in the fucking thing that you also make, like, muffin the batter KitchenAid? Yeah. The KitchenAid, yeah. Thing, and you put the butter the in there.
0: I'm surprised they don't use one of those at some point in this film.
1: Oh, yeah that well they're not they're not at confectionary school they're, they're med- look they're doing
0: plenty of things that i don't think you'd be doing at medical school in this movie i don't
1: know i've never been i've never been I'm i okay big
0: judge w- what's going on with this school it's never really named or expounded upon they do go to class which i it, appreciate plenty of movies that <laughs> yeah, are like set nominally in a college never feature the kids going to class right, there are v- a couple v- of classroom Walter. scenes in this yeah sure i'm th- <laughs> Exactly. Um, but, you know, we get the sense that this is kind of an important institution for French veterinarianism. What's yeah. the, I don't know what the discipline is called there. Uh, but it's like there's 300 kids there. Uh, they have this very intense hazing ritual. It's sort of like, yeah, I, I would go through some sort of mental breakdown where I enrolled here as well. It seems not like a good time. AJ, I briefly went to
1: college, but it was a community
0: college. That's right. You,
1: as far as I know, went to numerous years of a university. That's correct. As a kid, I remember seeing it must have been like a dateline or 60 minutes or something about hazing. I remember yeah. it scared the fucking shit out of me. But I've never known anyone
0: that was actually hazed. Were you? It's not. It's no. I mean, it's not like a general thing that happens at school. Okay. It's usually in like. You know, this is a pretty intense, close-knit school where everyone's, like, studying the same thing. So I think that makes sense. It's, like, only really a frat sorority uh, thing if you you're aren't rushing or want to. No, I, I come on. <laughs> I was watching too much cinema. That's right. I had no time for that. Um, I mean, a kid on my floor freshman year was rushing a frat. And I remember, like, one night, not, like, in the middle of the night or anything, but it was, like, late at night. And a bunch of frat guys came and, like abducted him from his dorm but it was really just like they showed up and were like you have to leave come with us now and then yeah yeah, they say like they had to sit in a basement and listen to the same song for like 12 hours or something which like that's not even fun cool hazing that's just like this shit sucks and then you're doing this ritual so you can hang out with these guys and play mario kart and uh drink shitty beer all the time that sounds sick sounds fucking awesome they're not doing that in this movie though they're having some intense parties Yeah, they hazed the shit out of them, though, for real. I mean, the first sort of thing is they're, like, taking a photo of all of them in their nice, fancy little white lab coats, right? Um, And they get those buckets of blood dumped on them.
1: Yeah, it comes a little later. They they start by just, like, ripping them out of bed and making them crawl on their hands and knees to a party, which is, like... Oh, my God. It's like, I guess that sucks, but also you get the party out of it. But also the party looks terrifying. Yeah. I don't like, like, it looks like it's a party in what feels They're like They're in some a, sort
0: of industrial basement.
1: Or a furnace room or something. Yeah. Like, it's terrifying. And <laughs> it, it, it's like more people than should safely be in here. It is Just like, like
0: stone, concrete pillars everywhere.
1: Also, and look, I love this film. Some truly abysmal sound editing in this scene. <laughs> Where they are constantly, they're either rising the sound of the crowd, or completely muting it. But like constantly, so it's like the music. It's either the music isolated, or the people yelling, or the music isolated. It's it's awful. I, this scene bothers me
0: as a as a cinema sins man myself. As a not college goer, <laughs> as a party hater, as a yeah. cinema sins enjoyer. That's all right. Well, That's all right. You know what we know after this first night at school basically is expectations are very high uh this is sort of a pretty intense institution these kids are closely knit and and undergoing some pretty uh intense trials and tribulations and what we don't know um is the sort of personal transformation that it's going to awaken in in justine as as things progress but we do Um,
1: we do meet a few of her confidants here one sure. being her roommate, whose name I cannot remember, but is a uh, Adrian, Adrian, Adrian,
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: a gay man who uh, they sp-
0: <laughs> they have a well, funny, a uh, queer man of some sort.
1: Well, yeah, they they do have a funny exchange at the beginning of the film where he busts in and she's like, "Who are you?" and he's like, "Your roommate." and she's like, "I asked for a girl." and he's he was like, "Well, they gave you a." And then he says the, the F slur for a, a gay man. And I was like, that's that's funny. That's funny. And then later we are introduced to her sister proper, who is a uh, recluse, not a recluse, a recluse. She is wild.
0: Yeah. I mean, Alexia is the sister's name. And it's very yeah. sort of clear from the jump that she has gotten the taste of freedom at this school. And she's mm-hmm. loving life. She, she will happily eat meat now. She's a party goer. Uh, she's dyed her hair and is just kind of like letting loose all the time and, and has initially this sort of thorny relationship with Justine where she's kind of negging her to tighten up, you know, right. or not tighten up, loosen up, stop being so uptight, eat a little meat, what's going to do for you, go nuts at this party, all that sort of thing. Um, Her introduction, right, is one of the sort of hazing rituals quote-unquote that sort of just seems like an initiation process to get into the school but everyone goes through a line in your hand like a raw rabbit liver that you're supposed to just swallow yeah. from this big fucking jar now um I, I you know i'm i'm not a meat eater haven't been for a few years even when i was i don't think if you were handing me a wet rabbit liver from a jar i would just like let that bad boy slide down my throat what about you would you would you partake
1: yeah yeah fuck looks that. good fuck that rabbit um this actress Ella rumpf did you she showed up in an hbo show recently which one she's in tokyo vice oh she plays yeah. one of the i haven't uh, made it to it yet it's you know what it's really good except for big
0: man on campus
1: yeah what's that fucking kid's name hansel Elgort. he's such a fucking bad actor dude like can we talk about this He's so. He's not the best. He's like really bad, and he's really bad in this show. As someone who recently met and spent an evening with Jake Adelstein, who is full of charm and charisma.
0: Ansel Elgort like they lost something in translation
1: yeah Ansel Elgort is is like a wet towel and Jake is like this very outgoing awesome bubbly man and it's like it's crazy anyway
0: yeah I was I was pretty surprised actually to learn that they're doing a second season of that show because it was like didn't seem like anybody watched it you've got the whole Ansel Elgort situation going on was it it was huge yeah huh uh, it
1: was really big. I mean, not Last of Us big. Recently eclipsed that by a wide margin. But the uh, I will say the rest of the cast is great, including Ella Rumpf. She's in okay. it, and she's fantastic. She plays a hostess. Is she
0: like a cop or something? She's a hostess?
1: Yeah, she, she's a hostess. Um, okay. There's like a, a a host bar is pretty uh, prominent to the uh, series. Gotcha. And I guess Jake Adelstein's real life. It is based uh, somewhat. I don't the know. The Tokyo Vices. Perhaps uh, dubious That he based. indulged in. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, was good to see her pop up and stuff because I think that may be her only thing that. Well, I, that sounds so fucking like stupid of me to be like, it's good to see her pop up in something that isn't a French movie, you know, the <laughs> quaint little yeah. country with their industry. But it's cool to see her pop up in like bigger things that are ostensibly seen by wider groups, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I think she's really great in this movie, yeah. and um, this being only the second time I'd have I'd watched it, like you know, being able to appreciate the earlier segments with the foresight of where it's going towards the end i thought her performance is really great at first it sort of just seems like okay i get what's going on here typical sort of older sibling getting a taste of the real world outside of sheltered family life acts out becomes an edgelord etc but there is a real kind of like conscious repression that she's rebelling against and you'll come to realize why as the the sort of plot of the movie comes out but she's really a lot more of a tragic character on the second time around Mm -hmm. um the ending of this movie not to like jump too far but like made me real sad this time around like kind of just a bummer uh of an ending to, to the movie um yeah but yeah i mean i think both of these two and they carry a significant chunk of the movie on their shoulders. I think they do a really great job in like two really standout performances from these young actors. I mean, they are one of like three to five, they are two of like three
1: to five named characters. Like there are many people in this movie, but the cast is extremely small.
0: Yeah, I mean, most of the scenes are either conversations with Justine and Alexia or Justine and Adrian, very rarely Justine and the parents, but the rest is just kind of like, College extras, um professors, or a couple party scenes where there's just like yeah. a bunch of people in the room.
1: The 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 Adrian is such an interesting character because, for one, extremely well acted. I really like mm. this actor a lot. I'm not sure his name. Um if you have been.
0: I believe this is Rabban- Rabba Nate Ophella. Thank you for attending. Apologies that one. if I mispronounced that. He's a Nocturama, a film I recommended on the frontiers episode oh
1: nice 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 okay
0: um he's great uh
1: the character is really interesting because i do think in a lesser movie him being justine's roommate he would just be the audience surrogate to look at justine and be like what a fucking freak oh my god Mm -hmm. but he this character has like i don't know if sympathy is the right word understanding that yeah he's a cool guy he fucks he does he smokes weed he gets his shit sucked off yeah he gets head at least once in this film he jerks off in the film he's coming Mm -hmm. a lot he's a cool guy He's,
0: he's blasting
1: but he, that's never used as like a position of coolness over Justine where it's like this dude fucks you are some weird virgin girl. It's like, he yeah. is like very understanding and tries to like take her under his wing. And there becomes this like older brother, little sister vibe that clearly Justine is largely missing from Alexia that makes their dynamic really good as he tries to protect her from what is becoming a destructive path for her due to her own actions and just, like, the fact that people like this get picked on in academia. That, like, I really, really love this character.
0: It sort of instantly seems like he's an upperclassman and has been there longer than her. Like, he's a lot more well-adjusted to this. She's having a tougher time transitioning. Um, But, yeah, they have a pretty nice fun relationship that is elevated outside of just like typical college roommate scene there is something however about this relationship that i wanted to ask you specifically this is one of two questions that i have for you Uh on this episode you being a gaming journalist um Uh Uh in in more than one sequence uh adrian and alexia or adrian and some other characters are playing the playstation 4 together and you can they're they're playing a local co-op split screen game on the ps4 Uh, they seem very into it they're playing it kind of constantly for the life of me could not recognize the game that they were playing didn't seem seem
1: like a real game but the one thing that did surprise me was that the light bar on the dualshock
0: 4 changed changed colors, colors yeah which is a
1: deep cut you would have to know they what weren't just holding as, those things yeah yeah you would have to know that that happens while playing games to even think to include it so either they are playing something and then cg'd it out or they somehow like i don't know that but that did stand out to me i don't think that's a real game though that is probably because like stock footage of like just like graphics
0: <laughs> It has, like, the, the sort of Gears of War menu look to yeah. it when they pause it, but obviously you can't play Gears of War on the, the PS4. Yeah. At, at first, it's just shots of them holding the controller, so I'm like, oh, I bet it's just, like, FIFA or something. But no, then you see it, and it's, like, some sort of third-person action yeah. game. With, I, I always, I'm, I'm always interested in stuff like that when, when it's, like, moment-in-time uh, games appear. here. I, I bet I could scroll through the credits and see what it was, like, maybe, maybe Zone or something like that.
1: No, I mean it's a it's a little indie French film. That's not that little, but like I would imagine, it's like just some stock moving video game looking footage. You know what hmm. I'm saying? Because otherwise, we'll to you're gonna have to. This. Otherwise, you're gonna have to license from Sony to use like Killzone or Uncharted. But I don't know. Maybe it's a French game. What are some French games?
0: Uh, Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, Quantic Dream.
1: <laughs> yeah. um heavy rain
0: wouldn't it be funny if there was a a point in this uh movie where they like paused for 15 minutes and just played through a bunch of heavy rain or beyond two souls it would be really funny i think
1: what because because
0: they're both french (laughs) i don't know
1: yeah wouldn't it be funny if um also they watched amelie yeah that would be hysterical because they're both french oh so anyway, yeah, I really like uh, the character of Adrian. I think he's great. It doesn't take long.
0: Yeah, you want to get to the kind of turning point of this film.
1: Well, she eats the she eats the rabbit kidney. She she tries to deny it, but her sister is like, "Look, you're gonna become an outcast if you don't do this." I don't think that's true. Th- th- teenagers have the memory of a fucking goldfish. They would have forgotten. Put it, it put it matter. in your pocket. Throw yeah, it away. Yeah, yeah. But she eats meat. Which, if you have seen the "Always Sunny in Philadelphia" episode where the human meat, this becomes an insatiable affliction, That's where right. she is constantly craving meat. Um, and, you know, it's like it, it starts somewhat innocently, where like,
0: well, actually, it does it starts with like she, the the rash, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, her That's the hunger first thing.
1: Yeah, so that, that isn't innocent. But let's let's circle back to that. She. She it starts innocently with her trying to satiate the hunger, like um, Adrian and her take a bus to go eat shawarma, kind of out in the sticks somewhere. There's there's a, that
0: trucker who stops by and it's like
1: unbelievably you're eating a lot of meat. I, I have a question about that. They t- go for it. There's the implication that truckers use pig blood to sober themselves up by
0: giving themselves blood transfusions. Is that real? I've never been to France. I I haven't asked around, but like pig blood
1: transfusion
0: to sober
1: up (laughs) (laughs) type a blood converted to universal blood donor with help from bacterial enzymes that's not what i'm fucking asking i'll wait (laughs) checks in the mail pig demand blood transfusion may just maybe just the start i can't figure it out but there apparently, These guys
0: were just cooking something up in there, the, the back of this truck stop.
1: There apparently is some precedent to doing that. Also, it's probably a deeper metaphor that we just didn't understand. Um, yeah, but yeah, to your point, she eats the rabbit kidney and she breaks out in a rash. And this is the one scene that I have really struggled to watch.
0: She goes to the nurse, and AJ just talk us through it. Well, the nurse, the the nurse is kind of just like, it's not an allergic reaction or anything like that. You're gonna be fine. Uh, take it easy. But I'm going to peel skin off you
1: now, and we're going to put that camera right up there.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of... We get into a lot of skin peeling uh, Yeah, towards this section here. I think this is... Uh, this leads into the scene that I had the most trouble watching this time around, which is we see her, like, in class or taking notes, kind of just absentmindedly chewing on her own hair, which is, like, a thing that people with long hair are known to do. That's whatever. No judgment there. But... She runs into the bathroom uh, after she kind of wakes up with a start and, like, is is gagging uh, and then starts pulling a long thread that turns into just, like, a knotted mess of her own hair yeah. out from her throat. <laughs> and it just doesn't stop. And it keeps coming. And and if I got close to fainting uh, during watching the movie this time, it was during the sequence. I was truly, like... Hands over eyes, cannot look at the screen. Just He's... night, a nightmarish amount of hair coming out of her throat,
1: and it doesn't come up effortlessly. Like she has to really pull on that shit. Tank. She's yanking. Yeah, uh, she's yanking. There was this girl we knew back in the day. Not we, isn't me and you, but me and the me and the knuckleheads.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's a funny thing to call your friends.
0: The collective we.
1: Yeah. Uh. Uh. That she she had a she had a scar right here on her stomach. And that was because she used to chew on her hair, which when that happens, little hairs go down your throat. And if you get enough, it creates a blockage. I Don't want to hear get it. it surgically removed. I don't wanna hear it. Yeah, you should look up pictures. I mean not of her surgery. I don't think there are pictures yeah, of her surgery. Yeah, give me her that, name, I'm gonna google it right I'm now. I'm not gonna do that. Um, I hope she's doing well. You know, shouts out. If you're listening yeah, to, yeah, shouts to, out. If you're listening, surely you're you know who breathe. you
0: are. Shouts out to her family.
1: Um uh, but yeah, 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 yeah um so i think about that every time i see this scene It's just like oh yeah that girl who had to get her the hair pulled out of her stomach
0: there's that funny bit too where she like is stealing burgers from the like cafeteria line putting them in her uh white coat pocket and then the people are like what do you think you're doing you can just like you don't have to smuggle burgers out of the cafeteria
1: but she does right because it's like I mean, so the thing we're we're talking around is the overarching metaphor of the film, which is puberty and mm-hmm. sexuality, and you know the, the vegetarianism is a, a a metaphor for like sexual suppression here, yeah, and the cannibalism is a very wild metaphor for. I don't know if you want to say sexual liberation because the cannibalism doesn't seem to do much. For well, you know, her, we, but... we
0: basically already did an entire episode unpacking what that metaphor is like in Trouble sure. Every Day, which watching these two so close together, you sort of see like a lot of direct thematic overlap and maybe even some inspiration. She does bring it up in one of those interviews in the booklet. She brings it up by name specifically. So like Carrie, yeah. Trouble Every Day. Uh, she even listed Cannibal Holocaust as like a direct reference dude, on this I'm movie, you, which she, I can see. She's, she's real down, she's, dude. She was a ride or die. Um. So yeah, her her hiding
1: the hamburgers, you know, her her trying to steal it from the mm-hmm. lunch line is basically like her 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 wanting to to, to come. But, Like she has lived this very sexually suppressed life because of her family. She doesn't, yeah, meet. I, I so, forget like, if it's
0: like outright stated or implied, but like she is a virgin, and that's kind of like mm-hmm. part of this whole coming out of her shell, going to doing the big school fine. for the first time. Yeah, Gotta exactly, be down
1: because she wants it all.
0: She wants it all. Um, yeah, I, I, I think like this film is like,
1: <laughs> you know, um, oh, what's his face? The Suspiria remake guy. He just. Tr- uh,
0: Luca Guadagnino.
1: Yeah, he just tried to do one of these, a like coming of yeah. age cannibal film, which like I thought Bones and all was fine. It was cool.
0: I enjoyed no, it. No bones about it.
1: No bones about it, except for Timothy Chalamet's fucking horribly <laughs> offensive Kentucky accent. We're
0: talking about all your favorite teenage. Uh, the heart throbs this episode. Yeah, dude, his character Got anybody else you want to bring up? His character is literally
1: from Kentucky and he does this fake southern accent which is like, bitch, you are from New York. Stay in your fucking lane. <laughs> Come to Kentucky and find out what happens. Maybe you old.
0: maybe you should have stayed in acting school if you're going to do an accent that embarrassing.
1: Yeah. Get your ass Little back punk. to get your ass back to school. Anyway, Tish. um so, you know, th- this film uh, that film tried to do the same thing but like I do think Raw and probably why it speaks to so many women is it like is a very stark coming of age film that's like easy to identify with, but also there's not necessarily a rose tint to it because I think its view of sex is not an anti sex one, but it's not a, it's not positively looking on upon early sexual experiences a lot of women may have. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, there's a scene where Justine is kind of thrown into a bathroom with another freshman yeah. and like he, the film It's uncomfortable goes, for it's sure. It's uncomfortable. The film goes out of its way to be like, "Hey, this is not a sexual assault scene, but it's uncomfortable. It's awkward." And then when Justine does, you know, lose her virginity and which is implied to be an act like she enjoyed, like and wanted it was to Adrian who immediately shuts down because he's gay. And he says, you know, I did not hide in the closet for 20 years to have sex with a woman. Like, he Mm -hmm. immediately kind of, like, gets really upset and defensive and kind of shuts her out for a little while. And so it's There are a lot of
0: other things about that scene that are uncomfortable as well.
1: Sure, sure, sure. But I'm just saying, like, you know, I I think... I recognize the irony of saying this as a white man, but, like, Mm -hmm. I do think probably a lot of women at this point in their life have early sexual experiences that are not uh fantastic, you know. Yeah. Lady Bird also has its own take on this, <laughs> who loses their virginity on top is an amazing line. Uh but this film is really examining kind of like a character who's very sexually suppressed and then when she does try to liberate herself, it is kind of running up against these systems or these other people who are not considerate or respectful of her as a woman, a person. Her yeah, autonomy. Like it, it's, it's, I think that's probably why this film like clicks with so many people. Cause I don't think there's a lot of coming of age films that take a look at that part of like teenage sexual life.
0: Yeah. What, what's so great about this movie and its central metaphor is kind of how, um, you know, they're, they're interwoven together, but the genres that they're playing in both that that coming of age, like female, sexual, teenage liberation, and then yep. this kind of really explicit body horror uh, aren't immediate. And most of the movie is about stewing in the transformation and the feeling of, like, not understanding what's going on with your body. I think one of the next big scenes we should talk about is the, the waxing scene, which, like, in and of itself is both something that, like, you know, could make you uncomfortable just thinking about your body in that way for the very Mm -hmm. first time these changes that are happening to you and then you layer on the uh, elements that this film does where it becomes something really violent and then unsettling it's just like all of those feelings bottled up in this kind of rapidly changing teenage brain and and i think the universality of the film and probably why it appeals to so many people is because you can't relate to the most extreme elements of it hopefully not but in there, in in any of these beats that any one of these characters is experiencing, there's something relatable and recognizable to be to be seen there.
1: Yeah. So, Justine and her sister, Alexi, Alexi, Alexia. Uh, they 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 start to connect. Things are tense, but they do have a moment where they connect. They go drink on a roof together. They they. they pee standing up. For some reason, when I saw this movie for the first time, this scene made me cry. I don't know why. Because when I watched yeah. it, like in subsequent rewatches it's not made me cry but i do think it is a very touching beautiful scene them just laughing and trying to pee standing up together like yeah. there's a i am an only child but there's a, a wonderful sense of kinship between the two sisters here that i think is one of the film's only warm moments and i think maybe yeah the-
0: i mean i really like seeing them together once they become friendly yeah as long as this bit lasts so uh In it here as well, I think, is the scene which is just like one of the images that sticks out to me most in this movie, which is uh, Justine just like sitting in front of the open fridge eating the raw chicken. Maybe that comes right after this bit, but that's just one of the like indelible images in this movie to me.
1: After, After pissing her pants, they go back to Alexi's dorm. Where Alexi, uh, I wouldn't say convinces, more forces Justine yeah. to get It's a, like, I'm going to
0: do this to you.
1: Yeah, to, I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm a dumb guy. Is it a Brazilian way? A Brazilian, yeah. Um, because Justine, she's got, she got a little pubic hair going on, you know? It's fine. Mm-hmm. But get, it's. Uh, I've,
0: I've seen enough French movies to know that that's, you know, culturally accepted over there. But Oh,
1: and it's culturally accepted here
0: too. Oh, you know? I, I know. Oh, I know.
1: Anyway, so Alexei's like, "We're gonna take care of that,"
0: and you know what, AJ? I you just... get the you get the tightest zoom in on a wax, maybe a movie has ever had. Like you can see it's... individual skin follicles being slowly lifted up.
1: It's unbearable. It's excruciating. It yeah, is... it's real.
0: It's real bad. <laughs>
1: it's it's so bad, and then. Yeah. The worst thing that could possibly happen when you're stomaching this is one of the strips of wax gets just stuck, caught, plot hole, by the way. We never returned to figure out how she got that Just thing got, off. There. Just got
0: full body chills, uh, yeah. even just thinking about how it looked. But yeah, like Justine kind of reacts and, and kicks away and it's like, please stop. Yeah. Um, so Alexei's like, well, let me get scissors to cut it out, which I'm like, that yeah. thing is grafted to the skin. You
1: are not cutting that off. But something else gets cut off. Because as she does this, Justine freaks out, kicks Alexi, and the scissors chop Alexi's finger off.
0: A little thingy. Which one? is it? It's uh like her. It's the ring middle finger. finger. It's the middle finger. It's the middle finger. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. Yeah, uh, finger pops off, and then Alexi faints, passes out. Not from watching the film raw, from being in the film raw, from getting your finger cut off. And that really and happened. Kind of, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> Maybe. How many
0: fingers did she have in in Tokyo Vice? All of them. Oh my God! She only had nine. Gonna have to go back and investigate because it's a
1: yakuza. Yakuza. She had to cut the pinky. Yeah. <laughs> so not true. That didn't happen
0: in that. Uh, Blake, if your sister uh accidentally got a finger cut off while they were giving you a Brazilian wax, what would you do? What would your immediate reaction be?
1: Num, 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 yeah. Num,
0: would num, you? Num. Would you suck that thing clean like a like a chicken wing? She eats the whole thing. It's wild. And then like <laughs> Yeah. She does the fucking like she starts kind of nibbling at it and then it's just like does the cartoon move of just like pushing the whole thing down her throat. And that's bro. right when Alexi wakes up and, and sees her sister just finishing that finger off. Bro, and Ju- then
1: Justine's yeah. eating this finger, like I'm up in Hooters getting their nine one
0: one wings with it's, it's she's at Buffalo Wild Wings with the fellas. No, but beat up sucks, bro. I thought, you know, I've, just, I've never been to a Hooters, so I don't want to... Well, wanna here's speak. the That's trick. That's not true, I've been
1: to a Hooters. Here's the trick. You get Hooters to go. Oh. Like, shout out to Hooters waitresses. Like, I'm fine with that. I just don't want to be the vibe with the other guys. Like That's right. Because the guys are just like... I don't want to look over... The regulars? And see dudes acting like that. Like, you know, all respect to my ladies out there. They're all queens. But I just That's don't right. want to see, you know, a dude who just got off his job...
0: If you're wearing a suit at Hooters. Or worse yet,
1: like a dude you could tell is like probably the manager of a small HVAC company or something. And Uh. this is like he thinks he's just laying on game so thick (laughs) in the in the St. Louis Park Hooters. There's not a Hooters in St. Louis Park, in the Mall of America Hooters here in Minneapolis. Is there one there? Hell yeah, I've been to it.
0: <laughs> wow, I can't believe I never went. But, well, yeah. I know I know what I'm doing next time I visit. Yeah, I've been to that Hooters.
1: Like, I just can't do that, so I gotta get Hooters to go because I love Hooters. I think their wings
0: rule. Uh, my grandma was a huge Hooters wing. Mine
1: fan, too. We were, she used to have yeah. her birthday at Hooters. There's every something in year. that fucking
0: sauce that grandma's love. Well, listen, in a film full of tragic events, this this bit's pretty sad. The fucking dog catches a stray. <laughs> They're like. He ate the finger while she was passed out. They blame it all on the old pooch.
1: Quickie, dude. Quickie, yeah. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to have your dog put down. And I was it like. Put down.
0: If That's I... rough. That's brutal.
1: Yeah, dude. Woof, if you ask me. Uh, and then the Alexi's thing.
0: reaction over text was like, they put the dog down. LOL, all caps. Yeah. Savage. She's ha- brutal with it.
1: Yeah, hashtag too cute. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's your dog, dude. Like, here's the thing. If if I accidentally ate my sister's finger, and that wasn't an accident, she intentionally ate it, and I lied and was like, "No, nah, it was Reagan." They're like, "All right, we're gonna have the dog put down." I would immediately throw myself. Yeah, I'd be, like, I'd be, I'd be like I'd be like, "I ate them all." I'm sorry, I ate finger. the finger. Like, put my I'll do it again. In... Is it? It's not illegal to eat a finger.
0: What? Hmm. You'd be like, how would you get out of that cleverly, cleanly? I'd be like, I was so. Uh, disturbed that i went and fixed myself a little snack and the finger ended up in the bowl or be like the finger did a spiral in the air as soon as it got cut off and i was yelling yeah seeing this and it landed in my mouth and then it just went right down my throat then they'd it'd be
1: they'd have to do tests tough. too probably like a fecal yeah. test to see if the DNA's in you
0: and the whole thing would not be intact because she's she's nibbling
1: Right, but like they can check the contents of your stomach; it could be fine. Oh, for sure. I'm just saying, like I would immediately reverse course on my lie so that Reagan wasn't put down. That's facts. I think. Right. I think if I died, it would be about 20 minutes before Reagan started eating eating me. <laughs> like she wouldn't give yeah. a shit at all.
0: I think. I think Cloud Moser eating me will be the cause of my death.
1: <laughs> Probably. It's all downhill from here.
0: It's all downhill from here. The transformation really uh, just begins escalating from from here on out. I think this is when we get the chicken scene. And now that she's kind of made the conscious effort to actively eat human flesh, like, Justine is very sort of out and proud about the whole thing. We, um... Well... We... we we breezed over it up top. I mean, she's she's curious about exploring where this is going. Her sister is more so like, yeah. hey, get involved with some of the, the like, let me show you the real ways. I was going to say that we breezed over kind of the cold open of this right. film, which is, uh, like, just a car driving down the road. Someone emerges from the bushes, tries to flag him down for help, car crashes. That's basically all we see there. We learn later in the film that this is something alexi goes out and does as a kind of means of getting dead bodies that she can nibble on yeah she just kind of goes in takes a little bite out of the face and she brings justine along on one of these trips and it's like again i still kind of like that they're bonding and having this moment but uh but just i wouldn't i wouldn't be out here doing this yeah justine's
1: not stoked about it she immediately leaves and walks back with her shirt off because it got blood on it. It's like yeah, she's very. See, I don't agree that she's out and proud about being a candle. Well, you know, no, or it seems no like she she, can't... she never
0: is. She's more coming to terms with exploring that side of herself. If we're right. like following through on the kind of sexual liberation parallel with it, I guess um, my
1: read of it is more she can't control it.
0: Yeah, that's a good that's a good call there. Yeah. I think I think. The kind of the tipping point and the thing that separates, you know, the action after this bit is that she's like aware that that's a desire she has and something that she like, if not wants to act out on, like knows that it's this kind of side of her that she has to tap into or, for lack of a better word, feed. Right.
1: Yeah, and she there's. And it's weaponized against her by Alexi. And the scene I think is actually the most disturbing in the entire film, which is the second big party scene where Justine has just gotten herself in a bad way. Like she is just so beyond drunk.
0: Um, Okay. This is another, this is another thing I wanted to specifically talk about. She, she goes to the party, mm -hmm. you know, seems like a kind of normal party. She's like, let me go get a little beverage walks over there's a guy pouring shots for everybody she's like hey can I get a shot of vodka he's like we don't I'm out of shot glasses I'm gonna have to pour it to you in a regular cup the the pour that this man is giving out and it's not just to her because at first I was like oh she's like egging him on. she's really down in a bad way he gives it to the guy who comes up after her shut this school down this is irresponsible <laughs> we cannot have this this Hold is on. not allowed
1: there's <laughs> There is one of the most insane lines in this movie. It's way, er- it's, it's earlier, I think than this, but, uh, Adrian's like, yo, I'm going to this, this party at the local, uh, the hot surgeon school. It's pretty hardcore that they, they get drunk, but like they're on call. Oh, they're on call. Yeah. So like occasionally they'll just have to leave to go like sober up. I Maybe mean, they need that
0: pig's blood in transfusion. Yeah, dude. He says to he says to Alexei, he's like, if you were there, they would have sewed your finger on backwards. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's damn.
1: an insane line. But yeah, 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 she's at this party. I do like her line to the bartender. She's like, no, just pour more. Save me the trip. <laughs> just like that's funny. It's uh, like a full,
0: full cup yeah. of just straight vodka, and she. Chugs that bad boy. I hated watching that. Did not like that.
1: I could I could have done it at my peak. I was a big vodka guy. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. Just just cleaned my stomach right out. Cleaned your stomach out because
0: I know I know you were a a a malt liquor guy too. Oh yeah. Those are kind of to me. Those feel like polar polar ends of the spectrum, right? Malt liquor is closer to a soda than it is to vodka. Maybe.
1: Bro, here's the thing. Every night, get a little vodka, get a little malt liquor. Uh, I w- w- went to rehab at 24. Listener, if, if, if just, you didn't know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if Justine was was doing Edward 40 hands, maybe things at this party wouldn't have gone as bad as they do when, when she's taking straight vodka to the dome. Because Alexi grabs her and pulls her into the morgue mm-hmm. and is like, let's have fun. And what I wanted to note in this scene maybe the best drunk acting I've ever seen in my life from Garance Mariel Mariel however you would pronounce that she does the thing where it's like she's face down not passed out but fading out of consciousness and it's like trying to peel herself off of the concrete or the like metal slab that she's fallen down on I was just watching it just taken aback by by how lifelike, well how true to life her, her drunk stumbling in that scene was
1: the thing that took me aback in this film is a, a just a stray quick shot i never noticed until last night because obviously i knew what was going to happen but mm. happened a couple scenes later but right as this scene is ending alexi says come here she opens something yeah. And then, like, I'm saying literally a fourth of a second in the bottom right corner of the screen. Like, blink and you will literally miss it. You realize a human cadaver has been pulled out. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I never noticed that, even though I knew what was coming.
0: It cuts really quickly, and you're like, oh, was that just, like, you know, they were having fun, she blacked out, she was drunk or whatever. And then the next day at school, like... People are whispering as Justine's walking by. A girl moves away from her in this big lecture hall. And Justine, like, smells herself thinking she smells like shit or something. And, like, Adrian grabs her after class and is like, yo, dude, what the fuck is going on? And she kind of has no idea, no understanding. And he pulls out this really, like, grainy cell phone video. And this is just another great sequence, the way it's shot and the way justine looks in particular just like unrecognizable as a human being completely tapped into this animalistic nature uh and alexi is like egging her on with the hand of the cadaver she's like snapping at it the way a dog would like snap for a treat or something it's just like really like her eyes are fully kind of there's nothing going on there. It's really like a harrowing thing it's, to watch.
1: It's horrific. Yeah. Yeah. And also makes me realize this is a full medical school, not just a veterinarian school, because why would the vet have
0: cadaver? I guess so. Yeah, there's... It, it must be earlier, too, but there's the scene where they're doing the dog dissections in that class. Yeah. And, Justine like, it, just fucks hers up. She just goes to town, like the guy's like, You have, you know, an hour and forty five minutes or whatever, and people are being precise with their scalpels and being careful and Justine is just like Let me get that bad boy open. Let me rip that, that up.
1: Couple other crazy animal moments in this is when they send a real horse into a K-hole.
0: Yeah. That was nuts. Uh, that was also crazy. when they're talking about a cow a cow's insides, they're doing x rays on a cow at one point.
1: Well also fucking Ella Rumpf had to stick her whole arm in a cow's asshole. Yeah. That was crazy, and they showed that. You remember when Johnny Knoxville did that?
0: I do remember when Johnny Knoxville yeah. did that. Yeah, well,
1: they did it in Raw here, too, so... Uh, you know what? Animals catch a left and right in this movie. But yeah. yeah, the scene where she watches that footage on the cell phone, it's so fucked up. It's so awful. i It just, like, it's its just... It's so horrific, because shit like that just happens. No, I mean, not yeah. to that level. Not to that level with cadavers and whatnot, but you know, where someone gets too fucked up they're they're too young and the people around them are too young to have the wherewithal to understand this is a bad situation they're in danger someone needs to take care of them and then you do get videos like this that come out like it's very common it's
0: a nice modern ripple on like the carry tropes and and whatnot um yeah it's definitely declaring itself a, a film of the moment
1: it's 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 a very very disturbing moment and um uh, Justine rightfully just flips the fuck out, like she can't handle it, like which also makes me think back to the the you know you see the video and everyone there is like hey this is like really fucked up but they're like yeah. sympathetic with Justine and it's like damn the that that girl in the lecture hall like calm the fuck down. Like, why are you mean mugging her? Because everyone else in the video is like sympathetic with Justine. They're like, What? This I girl. I think
0: their reaction is really just I do not want to be seeing this.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't either.
0: Yeah. Well, they have their confrontation. They're pushing each other. It's kind of clear that like Alexis just doing it because she doesn't really want to feel alone in, in whatever this condition is that she has right. where she's constantly craving human flesh. Um and then, yeah, they kind of get into a scrap. They start trying to take bites out of each other. And Alexi takes a huge chunk out of Justine's face, uh, like yeah. nasty style. Um, I'm, I'm a little confused on the sequence of events. I think we might have gotten the two party sequences flipped because I don't think Justine has the huge bandage on her face for, for the like seven minutes in heaven paint thing. Or does she?
1: no 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 that's that's later it's the, the 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 seven minutes in heaven thing's kind of a small moment in the film but like that is before the cadaver thing and yeah before the because
0: fight. she basically what happens there is is like they douse her in paint everyone here is in a different color they put two kids in the closet and they're like go uh
1: don't come out till you turn." yeah green. he says
0: don't come out till you're green she's blue and the, the guy's yellow and the guy's into it clearly Uh, and she's just not having a good time and he's like trying to to make advances on her and she's like okay that's cool let me just take a a big old bite out of your lip yeah um she goes back she washes off and then this is when she and and adrian have sex yeah because again she's like really sort of the one who initiates it and kind of is like you know driving the action let's say and she again is like snapping at him trying to take bites out of him and he's like no no thank you that's cool and then she ends up just biting down on her own arm uh until she appears to uh reach a climax of some sort like aspar noe (laughs) yeah like aspar noe uh and it's it's at this point i mean she's pretty isolated now adrian and her are not on the best of terms anymore after that and now she's kind of pushed alexia away and so She's really sort of spiraling, losing it. Yeah. but in this sequence as well, we're getting the like scenes where she's definitely coming to terms with her sexuality more, starts dressing a little differently. Um, is listening to a really right. cool rap song about uh, fucking corpses fucking corpses and it's like i don't want a 69 i want a 666 i was like that's awesome i it's just the, gotta find that song Law
1: the the, the translate the the lost in translation man the the subtitles for this were rough <laughs> god <laughs> yeah. it's just always funny when uh, there's a song translated and like it's clear the song's lyrics rhyme but in the english they don't rhyme because of the way the translation works and this is it's rough um yeah but yeah then she I goes mean, to the go ahead then she goes to the party, then the cadaver, then the fight with Alexi. And then we're reaching the final moments, baby.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's... All this to set up that she's basically seemingly lost or is losing control of her life pretty rapidly. Like, right. whatever this condition or desire is, is kind of overwhelming and overtaking her ability to function. Um, and yeah, and I mean, in the last sort of reveal of the film she wakes up in bed next to adrian after they had seemingly kind of patched things up a little bit they have a nice conversation um and he's kind of still sleeping she's nudging him trying to wake him up uh she like grabs him pulls her hand back her hands covered in blood she peels back the sheets and homeboy's missing like a good half of his leg yeah or his thigh rather some gruesome effects here Oh yeah lord and her reaction is obviously like, don't like that. Not happy about that. I think she plays this moment really well where the first initial reaction is this like, you know, it's almost like a really bad hangover or something where she's like, oh my God, what did I do? Yeah. How did this happen? And then you see a trail of blood and Alexi's in the room and it's very clear from the amount of blood that she's covered in that she was the one who was chowing down. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. the, the, Sort of moment right here is the thing that really got me this time. The like tenderness of this scene where Justine's reaction isn't like she sort of calms down initially and then like takes care of her sister, uh, washes her off, undresses her, gets her in the shower and like removes all the blood from her body. And you kind of get the sense, too, that like there's this melancholy where she probably is understanding uh, I'm most likely never going to see my sister again because she's going to spend the rest of her life in jail. She also um, killed
1: my only friend. but Yeah, a love bummer. <laughs> love for you, sure. sis.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's an incredible shot, too, where it's Alexi behind the prison glass and Justine on the other side. And their faces yeah. are, like, morphed together for a few frames. Yeah, Just, like, really striking. But yeah. that's where things end, essentially. And then we get... What's maybe the best scene in the whole movie, in my opinion. Uh, Justine's back at home with her family. She's seemingly sort of calmed down. She's like eating regular old vegetables and rice, it looks like. She kind of mentions that she's not in the she says, like, I'm full. She doesn't clean her plate. Her mom walks away, and like her dad has this, you know, dad like understanding of what's going on in her head. And he starts right. talking to her about it's sort of obviously all out there now that. This is some genetic thing uh, that she has, her sister has, and then he starts talking about when he realized uh, her mother had it. And like, I don't, I don't know how this played for me the first time, but just like the genius of this moment too, where uh, her mom goes to the kitchen, dad pulls out a cigarette, he's smoking, he starts telling this story about how he knew something was off about the mom, like this, that, and the other thing. And then he's talking about their first kiss and he pulls the cigarette away and is like scratching sort of absentmindedly at his lip. And you notice that there's like what maybe you could have mistaken as a weird scar, but now very clearly realize like that's the same sort of bite mark she gave that other kid. And then, I mean, I should probably just have the transcript of the way that he says it because it's so good. But he's talking about, you know, we didn't know what to do for a while Eventually, we figured out a solution, and he's unbuttoning his shirt, and he just, like, reveals this chest full of missing chunks and bite marks. It's just, like, gnarly makeup work. Um, Then the last shot and last moment of this movie is so good, where he's like, you'll figure out a solution, too. And then fucking smash cut to the word raw, and the sickest fucking song I've ever heard in my life, like, operatic chamber goth pop playing no. over uh what a fucking ending i mean awesome movie just incredible absolutely just
1: an absolute barn burner five out of five ten out of ten. 100 out of hundred right. julia Effects. d julia d most exciting director working right now can we least see what one she of does them. next at least one of them i mean yeah she's i don't i don't think she's particularly a young director but she is early in her career still that like you know, I think after the success of Titan, Titan, however you pronounce
0: it, like,
1: I think her next one's going to be the big one. You know The Palme d'Or winner. Yeah, she yeah.
0: has nothing, um, I don't think anything, like, announced at the moment yeah, yeah. in terms of what's next or, or what they're they're filming or if she's writing, anything like that. Oh, uh, actually, hold on. Deadline, November 15th, <gasps> 2022. Julia D. talks next movie after Titan, New York writing residency and working with the queen juliette binoche on the new look so i don't know what that's about but uh pretty cool she's directed some episodes of m night Shyamalan's servant as well i gotta watch the show yeah um i mean goddamn blake Custer, raw
1: raw what a film take a chainsaw skin your ass raw if my day keeps going this way i just might break your fucking face tonight Uh, any anything else you want people to check out Absolutely. I got two little recommendations. Recommendations? First one's a fucking manga, bro. <laughs> That's right. Can he do that? With the caveat I haven't read this whole manga, but I've read a bit of it and it's really good. It's by uh, Paro Itagaki, who is probably most well known for. Um, creating a uh, B stars which I've oh, okay. uh never read cuz I can't get past the anthropomorphic <laughs> animals it just I, it just something doesn't work in my brain anyway it's a it's a one shot she did called drip drip um drip drip yeah it is about a woman who god she just wants to have sex so so badly but every time she does Every time she tries, uh, she gets just a huge nosebleed. I mean, more blood than you could pot, like a hemorrhage out of her nose, which always scares off suitors, which just is very unfortunate for her because she is just like the, maybe the hottest woman that's ever lived, you know, but every time she might
0: have, uh, they might have like loosely adapted this into something else. That sounds really familiar to me. Maybe it's just a a plot point point in something else that I've seen, but it it only came out. I dig it. It only came out in uh, America last
1: year, oh. and I still haven't picked it up because they don't have it at the Barnes and Noble near my house, and I refuse to drive the extra ten minutes to mall. Put them America. on fucking blast, yeah. But I have. Well, you,
0: can, you can make a trip out of it. You go get your manga. You go to Hooters.
1: That's true. Uh, but I have I have read some of it on a legal website. I'll say for fan subs of. I've read an illegal version of quite a bit of it. And it's very good. It's very interesting. Um, Paru Itagaki is also a uh, woman creator, so it has similar touches to Raw. Um, And then the second thing I want to suggest is Julia D. Short Jr.,
0: which also
1: stars Garance Marlier um, and is just...
0: You can just find this joint on YouTube right now.
1: It's vicious, man. It is also about uh, a young character going through puberty. I believe, maybe. Okay, so yeah, a weird thing um, about this is Garance's characters in both Junior Raw and Titan are all named Justine,
0: uh, which is which is not. Far off from the name Julia, what do we think about that? Interesting, I yeah. do,
1: I do think Garance... I'm not going to read
0: too much into that, but what do we think about that?
1: I do think Garantz is Julia's uh, muse, a bit, mm-hmm. you know. Her, uh... there's
0: a great um interview, I forget if it's written or one of the features on the disc, but they talk about this exactly where mm-hmm. um Garantz was originally found for this short film they made together when grance was 12 and she yeah. thought she was going to go into dancing or not be like a professional actor or whatever but as their relationship sort of developed it was like i'm writing this movie i'm working on this thing and it was just sort of this natural like linking yeah. up where it's like yeah come come back and do it again so yeah. i think like there's a lot in all of her works include you know the the three kind of films that she's got out there right now that intersect and overlap and i'm definitely yep. curious to see how those themes extend to whatever it is she's doing next
1: absolutely have you watched junior yeah oh yeah okay it's, it's i sick. watched
0: this like when i saw raw for the first time
1: oh okay okay
0: because i was like i think it was streaming on movie at the time and was mm. like i think i think that's where i think that i think raw came out on Mubi for a while, yeah. and then it was like here's Julia's first short film. Or maybe it was even when it was with Titan, mm. Something like that. But I've seen it. It rocks. It's wow. very good. It's 22 minutes, right? And it's just like a compact little very, raw experience.
1: Yeah, very short little film about a uh, middle school girl going through puberty. And believe it or not, it's uh, horrific and gross. <laughs>
0: From <laughs> Julia D? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are your reckeys? So... Uh, something I think people should check out is a film that you and I watched together. That reminds me a lot of this—a little eight twenty-four flick by the name Saint Maud. Oh <gasps> Saint Maud. Right? Saint Maud kicks ass. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just because these two are on my Blu-ray shelf next to each other, but I think they would make a pretty sick double feature. Yeah. Um, Saint Maud definitely deals a lot more with like explicit religious themes, but explores that same sexual awakening of a young woman in a society that wouldn't want her to express that and both go to some <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh both go to some pretty extreme places. St. Maud talk about an incredible ending. I love the, like the... Th- the final shot of St. Maud. Holy shit. Insane yeah. moment. Good ass movie. Um, so is Raw.
1: Up there with uh what's that fucking movie we watched recently? Infinity pool with just the most vicious hand job in film history.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> rough as sandpaper that bad boy
1: (laughs) that was a cool movie i forgot i forgot about that one yeah yeah that one
0: kicks ass that one also much like raw as you mentioned i just bought that blu-ray uh at target when i saw it because it was like nine bucks and i was like good ass movie i'm glad it's on my shelf
1: hell yeah we're blake
0: hester speaking of blu-rays on my shelf
1: we're not jumping into the next season next episode we're taking a we're taking a,
0: a little pit stop a very important one as we're going to have our first ever guest on the show next week. That's right. Jason Daphnis. You want to tell people? Jason Daphnis, famously
1: friend of Blake Hester, hang out the with The king, frequently. the god, the goat. Yeah, supposed to hang out with him on Saturday, but he fucking bailed on me to hang out with his girlfriend's family instead.
0: Boo! Uh,
1: also, the host of the Tri Love podcast, I believe, mm-hmm. is on the Stoop Kids Hey Arnold podcast. That's okay. right. Um, it was on Min Max's Crossfade for a long time. He is coming on because we're going to do a little detour back to Japan. We couldn't stay away. To watch 964 Pinocchio to celebrate the recent Media Blaster's Blu-ray release after probably 20 years being caught in copyright hell. Shows in Fukui's one of only like two feature films that have Mm -hmm. made it to the states of his. Uh, the other one also out of print, hard to hard to get a hold of. Rubbers lover, but nine six four is now out. It's on Blu Ray. It's beautiful. It's been remastered, and uh, it is
0: jaw dropping. Here's I, what I know. Here's what I know about this movie. Yes, it's called nine six four Pinocchio. Blake Hester watched it, texted me a link to the Blu Ray, and said, "Hey, do you trust <laughs> me? I need you to buy this." <laughs> and it's, I did. It
1: is. It, it took my breath away in the way. You ever just watch a movie? It, no i know you do i've known you've seen movies never but it's rare no matter how much you like art it's rare I, that you actually engage with a piece of media or art or, or you're like well yeah that's just it that's it that's the one that's that that's
0: like you watch it <laughs> and
1: you immediately know you're like oh it's like just...
0: it's got everything you want i'm excited to watch this
1: 964 fucking it knocked me out like a ton of bricks so we're having jason on to talk about it jason who uh showed the film to me a few weeks ago i'm going to hopefully rope these boys into watching a second film a 10 minute long film called gerorist which means a vomit terrorist in japanese Mm. uh yeah
0: it's gonna be great excellent can't wait well i hope everyone's excited to tune into that um and we'll talk about what our next month of programming is going to be as well so look forward to that one it's going to be a good time if you want a hint uh, come and come and listen. <laughs> there we go. Good one. All right. Bye, bye. Thanks, everybody.
1: Bye.